As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I am your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest, Krishna Rajendran, founder and CEO of Caraleaf, a global nutraceutical ingredient company that researches, develops, and distributes combination herbal extract ingredient formulas. Originally from India, Krishna moved to the United States to attend MIT and Harvard Business School, earning both a master's in logistics and an MBA. After meeting some of the most creative and innovative people at a young age, Krishna was inspired to follow the same entrepreneurial path. Krishna, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast today. How are you, sir? Oh, Chase, it's great to be here. It's such a nice introduction. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited to talk to you today. It's my pleasure. And so so one of the questions that, that I like to ask uh, our guests on the show is, where was your mind when you graduated high school or primary school, right before you went uh, uh, came to the United States to study at MIT? Oh, yeah. So, uh, so basically after high school, I, so I did my undergrad in India and then, uh, and then I worked for a couple of companies outside and then I came to the U.S. for my master's. And when I finished high school, I was just in a totally different mind space in the sense that I was going through these different ideas. You know, I was in, inspired and motivated by so many different ideas. I kind of knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship because I always had this vision that I, you know, 50 years, 60 years down the line, I wanted to make an impact on this world in some way. And the thought of creating a new product or a new service always, you know, really captivated me. So I kind of knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship, but at that point of time, I was just exploring different areas and I had no clue that I would end up, end up in this particular industry. So tell me, what is a nutraceutical? Yeah, so a nutraceutical is basically, so we focus on plant-based extracts, plant-based ingredients that are put into food supplements. Now, typically you have, you know, when people talk about supplements, they talk about vitamins and minerals, but nutraceuticals are slightly different. So it's basically plant-based ingredients that provide specific uh, functional health benefits. So, you know, if you, like we have a product, for bone and joint health. We have a product for uh, 
cholesterol management. We have a product for uh, healthy liver. So it's it's more targeted and it's more focused than your typical multivitamin or mineral supplement. But it's all plant-based. It's all you know, plant-based products derived from plants, and so it's all natural and it's uh, it's safe and healthy. Is any of this uh, inspired um, by Ayurveda? It it is. It is definitely. In in fact, I was uh, you know growing up as a kid, I actually. Uh, so my parents started a business back in India, and that was where I was. I was initially exposed to plants and the amazing benefits that they can bring towards good health. And they were in, and my parents were inspired by Ayurveda many many years ago. And so it's kind of like a chain of reactions. And then, as a family and as a young child, I could see the benefits that our products were bring on people. And I think the most rewarding thing was when you when you hear a testimonial from somebody who's benefited from your product and you feel so inspired and motivated that that you make a difference in their lives and and that's basically why I wanted to even get into this field because of the the just that ability to insp- I mean I was so inspired by the kind of impact that I was having on people's lives and I wanted to see how we could scale and do this in a big way but yeah definitely the initial motivation is from um, Ayurveda that's fascinating. Um, you know, and, and just from my layman perspective, uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems to me that that Western medicine and Western nutrition uh, mm-hmm. have a tendency to be a little bit arrogant and uh, self-righteous in terms of what solutions uh, or, or, or what is healthy. Um, uh, and they seem to, it just seems like Western medicine and Western health is a little bit skeptical or reluctant to accept alternative approaches to uh, health and, and well-being. But it's fascinating to speak to you because you've got this global company that researches and develops uh, uh, and distributes um, uh, these formulas. And you've got this MIT background, you've got this Harvard background. So you're not, you don't come off as, as, uh, as, a, as a snake oil salesman or a charlatan, so to <laughs> yeah. speak, right? You're, you're very yeah. cr- credentialed, legitimate, you know, intellectual in the space. So, so what has it been like to um, kind of branch into this space on a global level when there's, there may be a market that's reluctant to understand or accept the benefits of these, these products? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's the question I keep getting. I mean, it keeps getting asked in our industry. So the big reason why some people look at it in a more skeptical way, I mean, look at the whole industry in a skeptical way is because of the lack of uh, scientific evidence behind these products. Because a lot of the companies that sell these ingredients, they just focus on the traditional usage. They say, you know, in some country in India or whatever country it's been used for hundreds of years, so it's safe for you to use and it has these benefits. But very few companies, and to my knowledge, I would say less than 0.1% of companies actually do any kind of clinical research behind these nutraceutical products that they sell. And we are one of those companies. So we see the benefits of you know, Western health and Western medicine, Western technology. And we combine that with the benefits that we get from nature, which is more of the traditional science. And my company kind of fuses the two. So we do high quality scientific research and evidence and, you know, safety testing for natural products. So our goal is to really turn the people who are skeptical, you know, into believers by giving them more scientific data and more evidence and information which that is 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 easy for them to for them to process information which they use to process 
as opposed to just saying it's been used for many years, so you should use it. And, and as I mentioned, only 0.1% of companies in this industry actually do like clinical, like human clinical studies behind their uh, plant-based ingredients. And we are one of them because we see great value in Western medicine and how, and combining some of the benefits of that with the kind of products that we have. Because when you talk about pharma, they do a lot of scientific research and testing. And we've always wondered, why don't they do the scientific research and testing for natural products also? So more people can be converted into being believers and more people can benefit from these products. And that's why I started the company with this approach to take natural products, bring high quality science and really scale and scale our products and make it more global. So, you know, not just in the US, but US, Europe, Asia, South America, everywhere. We want to go global because we want to see many people benefit from our products. That's fascinating. And you know, obviously with pharmaceuticals and Western medicine, there's um, a tremendous amount of in incentive financially for businesses to conduct research and patent these th their technologies so that they can you know, ex ex in exclusively enjoy the, the returns on the, on the investment. Um, how does, does the intellectual property work uh, when you're dealing with all natural products? Are you still able to patent your different formulas or since they're just natural extracts, um, do they, do they, are, are they more difficult to claim as, as your intellectual property? Great question. And uh, so typically you cannot patent natural products because they're occurring in, in nature, mm -hmm. but what you can patent is a combination blend. So our branded ingredients are all blends of extracts. So we combine different extracts in a specific ratio and and then we do a human clinical study to see if this product is actually effective, if there's a synergy that exists between, uh, you know, in our blend. And we've actually found this, that there does, a, there, you know, a synergy does exist in our blend. And in fact, we were just granted a US patent for our first branded ingredient about two weeks ago. Congratulations. And yeah, thank you. We were really excited by it because it's, it's very hard to get a patent in this industry because you have to truly show that your product is, you know, really innovative. It's really pushing the boundary. It's something that's not there anywhere in the world. And we were able to show that with this product because we had such great innovation. You know, this product was in, um, in the R and D stage for about four or five years. It had gone so many, you know, different tests, so many different studies were done on it. And, and at the end of it, it was great to see that we got the patent because, you know, it was an acknowledgement that the research that we did, was excellent and that is a truly innovative product. So to answer your question, yes, it's very difficult to get a patent over here, but if your product is truly revolutionary and truly innovative and you have the evidence and scientific data to back it up, then you can get a patent. So uh, given that you are one of the select few who uh, is actually conducting uh, scientific research on some of these, these products, um, mm -hmm. has there been anything in terms of effic efficacy that has just totally surprised you uh, uh, in the results of, of some of these studies? They have, yeah. Because typically, you know, in these studies, we do, we, we go into these studies. I mean, we've developed a formula based on initial studies, but there's no guarantee that the product will work in a human clinical trial, right? These products are safe, but in terms of efficacy, it may or may not work. So every time we go into a clinical trial, we hope it works, but there's no guarantee. But some of these, uh, in fact, for three of our branded ingredients, we have a product for bone and joint health, for heart health, and for liver health. 
And all three have shown excellent results. You know, results that have far exceeded our uh, expectations. And we're really excited by some of these results. And one of the key things also we have is we have a very experienced um, scientific advisory team. So we have a team that consists of medical doctors who help us in analyzing the results of the clinical trial and also help us in de designing the protocol. But we also have a team of uh, naturopathic doctors who are doctors of herbal medicine. They also help us in the initial product innovation stage. So together we analyze the data and then we see if the product is effective or not. And these three products I mentioned have shown excellent results. And so we're in the process of commercializing this product and hopefully we can you know, take it on a global scale and bring these products to many people around the world. So I've uh, had the privilege of speaking to uh, quite a number of entrepreneurs on this podcast. And I found from my experience that um, entrepreneurs fall into one of either two categories. One is um, uh, a substantial advanced education background. Mm -hmm. And the other is dropping out in their first semester of undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you as an MIT Harvard grad, um, have you found that your formal education has been um, a benefit to your entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship, or is it something that has turned out to be less than relevant? It's been very beneficial. It's been extremely beneficial because it's it shown, and this is going to sound kind of contra. It's going to sound contradictory, but it's it's shown me how much I actually don't know. Hmm. Because when you go in, you think, okay, whatever, going to business school, oh, I know all of these things, I think I have some interesting ideas. And then you go in, and then you get exposed to a whole new world of ideas and ideas which you had never even thought of. And so your mind is just absorbing so much of information, you're learning and growing so much. And I think it just made me such a curious learner. Because I was so fascinated by some of the classmates that I had, some of the backgrounds that I had, the professors, and just learning so much about business, but also you know, how to run a global business, how to look at different aspects of business. I don't think I would have ever got this level of exposure to a global, you know, to a global scale without my education. And I'm really grateful for that. And it also really taught me the importance of having a great team. And because as I mentioned, you know, when, when I first went in, I was just like, wow, I realized there's so much of information out there, which I don't know. And and what was important for me is to, you know, take stock of, okay, what am I good at and what am I not good at? And really be very honest about that. So, you know, I have my strengths, but I also have areas where I, you know, I have my weaknesses. So it's about really building the team and understanding where you need to fill the gaps so that as a whole, as, a, as an entire company, as an entire team, we can thrive together. And so, the, even the team that I built, it's really in areas where I feel like, wow, I want to go out and get an expert for this company, this for my company, this particular area, because I know they're the best in the world. And I want to work with the best in the world because, we, we, you know, I'm just so passionate about the products we develop. I just love the products we develop. You know, every day I wake up with so much enthusiasm for them. And I'm so grateful for the team I had and team I have. And so I think all of these things, it's not so much what I learned in terms of like a technical concept or something in education, as much as it's the relationships, you know, learning from people, from their experiences and building and growing your network. 
those are, that was something that was very key for me in uh, in grad school. Mm, that's that's a fascinating response. Um, I I work in the advertising space. Um, I, I have a small advertising business, and from my experience, I've worked with over a thousand different companies. Uh, and, and from my experience, it's one thing to develop an amazing product, and it's another thing to bring it to market. Right. Um, yeah. I, I often use the expression, you don't want to paint the Mona Lisa just to hang it up in the closet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and I've worked with businesses that have failed uh, and they have a great product. And for some reason, it's just, un they're just unable to get it to market in, in, in a substantial way to, to get to reach that critical mass. And so I want to ask you, uh, how, um, how are you able to complement the, the product development side of the business to actually reach the market because it's it's impressive and it's one thing to do the research to get the patents to create this product that works but then once you've done that how are you able to um, make sure that the market is is aware yeah that's a that's an excellent question i think one of the biggest things i did was you know as an entrepreneur starting a new business when i'm talking to clients and i'm talking to customers what I'm really asking is not to invest in my product as, as much as it's invest in me. Hmm. And when I say invest in me, I mean, trust me. And getting that trust is very, is very key when it comes to customers. And so even when we were pitching initial ideas, right, it's the product may or may not work, but if the customer trusts me, then at least I have a trusted partner who you know, if we go through the research and the product is excellent, I, I know I have a customer at the end of it because they trust the work that I do. And it was initially about getting about getting the customer to trust me. And then, you know, as I built out my team, getting the customer to trust up the, the entire company, the entire team. And so that was one of the key things we wanted to do initially was to really convey to the customer in what areas we were different and what kind of value we were bringing to the table so that we could have that initial conversation and we could build that relationship with them. Because you don't want to be, you know, investing so much of money into research and development and then, you know, have a great product, but then you have no customer and you have no way to sell it. So I always say, like, get the customer initially, get them involved, like even in the product development, even in the clinical trials, I mean, in the product development stage when we're discussing, I'm always, you know, in touch with the customer. I'm saying, okay, this is what we're doing next. These are the results. What do you think? It's almost like the customer feels like an extension of my own team. You know, it's like they're like they're our own family like that, you know? And that's very, very important from what I've seen in my experience because I've seen so many other entrepreneurs some of my friends who have started companies. And one of the things that, and they make great products, and, but they've invested so much money and then when they go to market they're not able to get a customer and so the whole business collapses and so i think it's very important to get that initial interest stay in touch with the customer throughout the process so that you know at the end of it you have a customer who's ready to buy a product and when you make that one sale to that customer then you know you can use that you know th those sales to then fund future product development efforts and you can also use that customer as a launch pad to find other customers you said something um, when we were talking about your education background and the value in it. You mentioned um, the importance of building a network and a team to complement your strengths and weaknesses. 
Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't mind my asking, uh, I'm yeah. very curious to know what you have found to be your, your weaknesses. I would say in terms of, um, I would say in terms of the, like the technical aspects of it, right. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're very, you know, you're in love with your product, right? There's no way around it, right? Like, because if you're willing to invest, give, you know, start a career, make a career, you're in love with your product. And sometimes it's important to really have a team who can, who can kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of poke holes in the idea or concept or product that you have to make it even better. And so it was really important to have a team like, as I mentioned, you know, we have a team of like MDs, we have a team of naturopathic doctors, doctors of herbal medicine, other herbal scientists to really, when we're working on a project, right? I mean, I'm the inventor of this product. I love this product and everything, but I always want feedback on it. So I wanted a team with like different, different backgrounds, different, different experience to weigh in and, you know, almost challenge me in a way to push me to see if I can make the product even better. And that was very important for me to build a team like that, to build a team who can look at the problem from a different angle, like a doctor would look at a problem from a different angle than a scientist. And me as an inventor would look at a different problem from a scientist. So I think it's, it's very important to have a team with different experiences and almost even different personalities. So they can kind of push and pull you to make your product even better. Because you want the product, you want the back and forth in the product and all the revisions to be done before you go on a commercial scale. Because once you go on a commercial scale, You've invested so much of money and time into it that it becomes very difficult to pull it back and reiterate. So really building that team from the different experience and different backgrounds was very important for me because as entrepreneurs, you love your product, right? It's like your baby, but sometimes you need somebody to tell you, hey, you know, you can do something a little bit better or you're missing something. And because you're so deep into it, it's good to have somebody who can kind of uh, help you make it even better. So that brings me to my next question. What is something that you know now that you wish you had known when you started your business? <laughs> I, I would say it's like, I mean, starting the business, I had this amazing, at least I thought I had this amazing business plan, everything, you know, I had this 10 page business plan, all laminated, ready to go. And I think what I've realized is it's it's good to have some plan, but be very flexible in terms of uh, very flexible in your mindset in terms of adapting because things can come up very quickly. So, and the landscape can shift, like, you know, in the pandemic hit in 2020, just something came up, which nobody in the world was expecting. And so things shifted so much and my original business plan I had had to be changed so much. So I think what I would tell you know, looking back, what I've really learned is it's very important to be flexible in how you go about implementing your business plan and always be receptive to feedback. You know, that that's one of the reasons we have a board of advice. We have like a scientific board of advisors, but we also have a, you know, board of advisors on the commercial front who, you know, who keeps advising us. And that's very important because we always want to get feedback about how we're doing and how we can do things a little bit better or, you know, what to do when we get stuck. And as an, again, as an entrepreneur, sometimes when you make a business plan, you're so committed, you're so passionate, you're so into it that if something happens, you still want to try to stick to your original plan. But I've noticed that this, when the landscape changes, your plan has, so has to change and your approach has to change. And the ones who can adapt the fastest are the ones who survive. Like when, when the pandemic hit in 2020, 
Like we're a business that thrives on going to conferences and pitching our products to customers at in-person conferences. We were not prepared for what happened in 2020, where all the conferences were just, everything went digital and many of the conferences got canceled. So what were we going to do? So we didn't really have a digital strategy, digital marketing strategy up until that point of time. But then we had to adapt. We had to shift based on the changing landscape. So making those changes were very important. But from my experience, I've always been like, okay, you know, after the first couple of years of the business, I just realized that the value of being flexible and adapting, making, you know, either you change or you're forced to change. So for me, I always prefer to be the change myself or change the approach myself rather than being forced to change. Mm -hmm. And that's important, I would say. You know, it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes by uh, General Patton. He said, a, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan next week. Exactly. And, and it's easy, especially especially um, with an academic background, uh, I think. And I noticed this myself after I finished my undergrad. Uh, immediately after I finished my undergrad, I was much more inclined to plan carefully and document and, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's. Um, but you, it, God laughs at those who plan, right? It's, 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 you can plan all you want, but you don't really know what's going to happen. So you, you, there's, a, there's an element where you just have to get started, isn't there? Exactly. You just have to go for it and things can change so much. So what is your vision for your business in the next 36 months? Yeah, a lot of exciting things are coming up. Um, one of the things that, I mean, the main thing that we do, which I mentioned, is this combination herbal extracts. And we've focused on three areas now, which is bone and joint health, heart health, and liver health. And we're not a consumer brand, but we sell these ingredients to finished product manufacturers. And what our plan is for the next year, is to our next three years, is to have three new clinical studies for three new products three new health areas every year. So within the next three, four years, our, our, you know, our goal, our vision is to have about 15 to 20 different products covering nearly every single health area that our customer is interested in. And really being the one like, you know, go-to company for these customers because our customers who are like, you know, high quality finished uh, consumer brands, they are looking for ingredient supplies. They're looking for ingredient partners who are committed to the science, who are motivated, who want to build long-term relationships with them. So we want to be this one go-to company, not just for companies in the US, but also Europe, also Asia, and uh, also South America. So we want to be a global brand. We want to have these another 15, 18 products that we can you know, cover every single health area. So it's I'm very excited, you know, working with customers globally, kind of seeing what's happening in different markets. And then it's, it's so interesting because I travel so much for work and I go to so many different conferences. I can kind of see different trends in different countries. And sometimes you see a trend in one country and then you bring that particular product or idea to a different country and you see a whole new growth opportunity. So it's, yeah, I'm very excited by, uh, by the next 36 months. So I want to ask uh, from a strategic standpoint, you know, I, I encountered the um, I encounter trends all the time in my business in terms of the types of clients that reach out to me. So when when um, when COVID first hit, I had countless prospects reach out to me that wanted to run ads for 
supplements that you know were said to boost your immune system or sanitizer products or masks or gloves and mm-hmm. you know today i see a lot of prospects reaching out to me that want to run campaigns for nft projects and blockchain related projects but mm-hmm. given the given the nature of of your business and in your industry um in in the research you have to do and the approval you have to get and the patents you have to file how are you able to respond quickly to trends when there is a tendency for a, a latency in terms of an idea actually uh, being able to uh, arrive on the shelf? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Because as you know, if some if a new trend develops today, and we start product development today, it still takes at least a year before we can actually go to market, right? And the answer to that is it's it's not a perfect thing. It, I mean, we don't do it in a perfect way. Like, you know, sometimes we are behind trends, I would say, because, you know, some of the high quality science does take time. And we, and but one of the key things what we're seeing is we don't really get caught up too much in the trends as much as we know the kind of products that we develop are always going to be in demand. You know, like there might be a, a lot of demand for immune-based products right now, but there'll always be demand for immune-based products. And so we don't really try to chase the trend too much. I mean, we have a team that looks into planning and kind of looks at future product development strategies and we work very closely with our customers. But we don't really go so much for the trend as much as we're more stable in terms of the kind of products that we look at. So Mm -hmm. if we have like a pipeline of products that we are focusing on now, we know that these products are going to be strong no matter what. It, would it be the fastest growing product in the fastest segment? Probably not. But is it still going to be a solid product that can make a difference in the lives of millions of people? Yes, it can. And that's our goal. That's our vision. So we're more focused on doing what we do and doing it right, as opposed to rushing to market just to catch a trend. Because we're all about quality. We want to put a product out there that truly makes a difference. You know, We're not in here for a quick buck, but we are in here for the long haul. And for us, that trust element is so huge for us. And so we want to know, we want to tell our customers that you can trust us, that what, when we bring a product to the market, you know it's top quality. So where can people find you and follow you and um, engage with Caraleaf? Yeah, so um, you can visit our website, www.karaleef.com. And our website is a source for all of our latest information, all of our products. Um, I'm also very active on my personal LinkedIn account. I do a lot of different podcasts, different interviews and different news magazines and journals. So definitely if somebody wants to reach out to me personally, if if they're interested to learn more about the industry, or even if they're a customer who are interested in some of the products that we do, definitely feel free to reach out to me. You can send me an email at K-R-I-S-H-N-A at K-A-R-A-L-L-I-E-F.com. Or you can even reach out to my LinkedIn account. Um, We'll send you the LinkedIn links as well. Well, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast today. Uh, I'm looking forward to following your story as well as uh, Kara Leaf's story. And I hope that um, you'll come back and join us in some time and uh, give us an update on how things are going. Definitely, Chase. It was such a pleasure to be on the podcast today and really nice talking to you today. Likewise, take care. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.